0: It's August 26th, 2022, and we are so excited today to bring you part two of our listener mailbag Q&A conversation. So I'm joined once again by my dear friend and longtime co-host Rebecca Hoffer of Simply Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, how are you, Meg? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to get into more of our questions from our awesomes. You guys may have seen and hopefully have listened to back in July, we did part one of our listener mailbag questions. We had so many questions come in for discussion between Rebecca and I that were focused on the behind the scenes podcasting of making sort of awesome, all of that stuff. So part one was really focused on, well, the behind the scenes stuff from sort of awesome We also had all of these other questions that were just more personal. And so we didn't want to lose those in the shuffle. So we're here, as promised, doing part two. Rebecca, you went through and grabbed some of the really fun, interesting conversation starter questions. And I'm really excited to get into some of this. I am too. The Awesomes always do such a great job of helping to produce the show. Absolutely. They totally do. You can go back in your podcast feed if you missed our part one. I want to say it was even maybe like episode 399, 398, 399, right before our big 400th episode. So you can catch that. We have a lot to cover. And, you know, our awesomes are so great at giving us great questions, great things to think about and talk about. Thankfully, none of these feel like too, (laughs) I don't feel like any nervousness feelings. You know what I
1: mean? Oh, yeah. I'm coming into this with a very chill vibe. Yes. I don't feel overly exposed. I don't feel potentially roasted. I think we're going to be just fine.
0: (laughs) I think so, too. The vibe is chill. So you guys pour yourself a nice beverage and we'll get into it. I'm Meg Teets, and this is sort of awesome. back awesomes to the show that loves to support you in finding conversation, friendship, and community. If you have been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in, I am so thrilled to tell you that you have definitely come to the right place. And if you are enjoying Sorta Awesome, please make sure you have subscribed. We don't want you to miss any new episodes from us. And please do come find us Join us in one of our online communities where the awesomes really do connect. May I recommend to you the sort of awesome hangout group? That is where our questions today came from, mostly, although we did have some awesomes from Instagram weighing in. But you guys, summer is winding down. The school year is around the corner, or maybe you've already gone back to school. It's going to be the holidays before we know it. I know, don't hate me, but you know how life at the time, it just gets away from us. So right now, it's the perfect time. Come join the hangout, surround yourself with the awesome energy that you need as we move into, believe it or not, fall of 2022. Rebecca, I know that we have so much to cover today. When Rebecca and I sit down on mic, we've been doing this for seven years. I always think, oh, this will be a short one. It's not going to take that long. (laughs) I've even stopped saying it to Rebecca because she's like, why are you a liar? Why do you say this every time? (laughs) It's so
1: funny because I was kind of brainstorming episode possibilities and I even thought to myself, you know, it's okay if we don't have a ton to say. Like, We can have a shorter episode. They don't always have to be like super (laughs) duper long, but they always are.
0: They always are. So before we get to our amazing awesome questions, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little bit more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, a movie, podcast, product, something that is bringing a little extra goldy, sparkly to our days. Rebecca, what do you have for us this week?
1: Well, my Awesome of the Week is the board game called Ticket to Ride. My family was introduced to this for the first time this past May, although I know it is like wildly popular. And we have become a bit obsessed. So the awesomes already know this about me, but I would say that my husband and I both share this tendency to have addictive personality styles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't say. No, I didn't know that about me. I really (laughs) didn't. That does kind of surprise me.
1: Yeah, when we like something, we really, really like something. Love so it. I was a guest on the Couch Podcast with Mary Carver earlier this summer, and I shared that my not-so-guilty pleasure at the time was beating my husband at Ticket to Ride. Aha! Uh-huh. However, immediately after recording that podcast, Nate started dominating the game in our house, <laughs> which is a major pain for me because my husband is a smack talker. He loves beating people. He really hmm. dishes it out. Yeah. So I was pretty pleased with the fact that I was beating him. Well, now I, I, mean, I haven't been beating him as much lately. But Meg, have you
0: ever played the game Ticket to Ride? No, I am coming to this with no preconceived idea. You need to tell me everything. Like, what's the setup? What's the thing of this game? I literally know nothing about it. I didn't even know it was wildly popular. So it
1: please has thousands of thousands
0: upon thousands of reviews on okay. Amazon. I don't
1: All know right. how long it's been around. But I feel like it makes its way into gift guide roundups like all the time for a quality family friendly game. Yes. So for you, Meg, and for the awesomes who haven't played, it's a bit of strategy combined with a bit of luck. And the simplest way to explain it is that the board is set up like a map and you can get different versions. We have the original version, which is a map of the United States. And you earn points by traveling from city to city. Everyone is randomly given routes that they have to complete, like Denver to Chicago or L.A. to New York, and you have to figure out the best way to get there. And sometimes more than one player wants to take the same route and you have to find alternate routes.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. I see the strategy part of this coming into play. Then at the end of the game, everyone reveals
1: the routes that they were assigned and you earn points for completing them or you get negative points if you didn't complete them. And the person with the most points wins the game. Okay. It's a family-friendly game that kids can enjoy. But I think it's also strategic enough that playing with just adults is also super fun. And admittedly, there are a lot of instructions to go over the first time you play. (laughs) I literally could see my husband zone out and stop listening (laughs) when we were first taught how to play. Oh, my
0: gosh. That's so funny. He reached
1: his peak of being able to absorb the details. And he's like, that's it. I'm truly not even listening anymore. We're just going to wing it and see how it goes. I could definitely see the moment that that happened. (laughs) But Meg, I don't know if you know this about me, but one of my superpowers is
0: explaining how to play games. Thank God you exist, because that (laughs) is the worst part of playing games to me. And it's interesting. I am a complete weirdo, and I do remember that Nate's Myers-Briggs type is an ENFJ. (laughs) Right. That's right. Didn't Mm -hmm. we decide on that? Okay. And as a fellow intuitive type, we are not in the nitty gritty of the rules. That is not how my brain processes things. So when I sit down to a new game, I literally get a pit in my stomach because I'm not going to understand these rules. I'm not going to understand what's going on. (laughs) But thankfully, people like you, Rebecca, with your strong sensibilities, honestly, and your ability to communicate that information. I need you to come explain every game to me. Well, I actually really
1: like doing it. I really yeah. do. So, Meg, if you or if any awesomes get ticket to ride, I will personally send you a video or I will FaceTime you and your family to show you how to play
0: the game. Oh my gosh. So fun. <laughs> so fun. I love that this has really taken over your lives. I love finding out that Nate has his own little obsessions going on too. Oh my word, that guy. He's so funny. He cannot help himself. Well, that's so fun. Okay, Ticket to Ride. So apparently you can find it on Amazon, other places where- Oh yes,
1: any major big box store, it is going to be there in the game aisle. Your neighbors have it probably. Knock on their door, ask if you can borrow it. And then (laughs) FaceTime me and I'll teach you how to play.
0: (laughs) Perfect. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, my Awesome of the Week this week, Rebecca, I'm starting to- Really get back into a previous hobby and interest of mine that I guess you could say my enthusiasm had kind of died down for a little bit, but now I'm fully back into it. And that is the world of perfumes and fragrances. So I do like to collect my scents and and scent samples and those types of things. And I really had gotten to the point where I had so many, it wasn't even enjoyable. I couldn't remember any of the notes and why I had picked that particular one. So I went through and like purged out my collection and that was very helpful. And then I was like, well, now I need some new fragrances. Right? <laughs> <Since> I, <laughs> I did the hard work of purging out the ones that were not jiving for me. How many do you think you got rid of? Oh, I don't know. I would say it was probably by the time I was completely finished, probably two dozen. Since. Oh, now, wow. again, Again, everybody, bear in mind, these are the sample sizes. These are not full bottles of fragrance. Even I have a limit. (laughs) That would be a lot. So most perfume houses will send you samples or sample sets so that you can check out a perfume to see if you want to get the full size of it. So now that I culled through my collection and I was ready to explore some new ones, and I had heard people raving about the perfume house. Laurel and June. It is a woman out of Texas, out in the Texas Hill Country. And she's just very passionate about perfume and fragrance. And so she has created her own perfume house, Laurel and June. So I put my first order in about a month ago, I guess. And when I got the box, I was completely blown away by the scents. She has just such a great understanding of what scents really go well together. I love her formulations. I've just been really, really in love with the stuff from Laurel and June Whitney is the name of the woman who created and owns this company. So I wanted to especially give you guys the heads up on two collections that she just released. And that's why I wanted to make this my awesome of the week. These perfumes have definitely been awesome for me daily, but I did want to let you guys know that she has released her Fall is in the Air collection. So for those of us who are still sweating away in the August heat, but you're ready to smell like fall, Rebecca. I know you guys will get fall a lot earlier than we do. But she has her fall collection out. The scents include Apple Picking Day, Mist in the Woods, I Dream in Pumpkin, Give Me Candy, The Witch's Cottage, and Autumn Sunrise. So oh my almost all of these. Don't those sound amazing? They sound so good. They sound so yes. good.
1: Perfect names for fall.
0: They are absolutely perfect. And a lot of fall scents, of course, are going to be more gourmand. They're going to remind you of food. And so, if you enjoy a gourmand scent, if you want to smell like cinnamon and Tootsie Rolls and candy and just all of the sweetness of the season, or maybe the spiciness of the season, she has got a scent for you. Again, she does all these different sizes, including a small sample size that you can get. So, there's the fall collection, the other collection that I am obsessing over she put out a collection that she's calling her gemstone collection they're inspired by either mainstream or niche perfumes so these are i wouldn't exactly call them dupes but they're like use some of the same notes and the her scents are inspired by more well-known perfumes so if you enjoy versace's bright crystal you might like her diamond Perfume, which is what I've been wearing this week. And I love it. The notes are yuzu, pomegranate, peony, magnolia, lotus flower, musk, and amber. And when I first read that description, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if this is going to be for me. She sent me that as a, she always puts in a couple of samples with your order. So she had sent me diamond and topaz from her gemstone collection as bonus samples. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to be for me. But Rebecca, I love it. It is so crisp and clean and I can't stop smelling myself when I'm wearing it. (laughs) Well, that's a good problem to have. It really is. So I will definitely link to Laurel and June and to the scent descriptions where you can find her recent collections that I am just absolutely obsessing over. Everything I've tried from her, I really, really like. And I love, of course, to support women owned and created and women-run businesses. So yeah, Laurel and June is just making me so happy every time I get a little whiff of myself. And that's challenging to say in the heat of the summer that you're (laughs) like, oh, I smell so good. That's
1: true. (laughs) That's quite the testimony. Definitely,
0: definitely. Okay, well, we will put links in the show notes for all of our awesome this week. And of course, we want to hear what is awesome in your life. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we'd love to have you join us on one of our social media Communities. You can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Come to the Sorta Awesome Hangout on Facebook. Even if you're kind of off of Facebook, which believe me, I understand. I think it's worth it to check out the Sorta Awesome Hangout because we have so much good stuff over there, including Awesomes of the Week every Friday for you guys. So Rebecca and I are going to be asking each other and ourselves some of these amazing questions that you guys sent in for us, and we're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay, friends, it's no surprise to anyone that my favorite color in my wardrobe is basic black. I know it's a little boring, but I'm always looking for opportunities to really express myself through my accessories, really keep that creativity flowing. Whatever your style is, it's time for your glasses to start keeping up. And with pair eyewear, changing your frames is easier than ever. You just snap on a new design to transform your look whenever the mood strikes. I love Pear Eyewear. Their website makes it so easy to pick out a new pair of glasses. When you go to look at their frames, Pear's virtual try-on lets you sample the whole variety of frame shapes that they carry right from your computer. Now, I went with the Wanda frame. I love it so much. I get compliments on it all the time, and I super love that their base shapes start at $60, and that includes your prescription. And next, the real fun begins when you pick out your matching magnetic tops. In fact, recently I decided it was time for a little change, so I took myself over to pair and picked out some back-to-school-inspired magnetic tops. I went with the Book Club Magnetic design, which has got a cute little book print on it, and I picked out one that is so darling and so colorful called Colored Pencils. We know lots of you awesomes have been loving your glasses from Pair Eyewear and posting pictures on social media. We love seeing them. So if you've been thinking about it, this is your sign, awesomes. Go ahead and go get glasses that are as ever-changing as you are with Pair. Go to PairEyewear.com awesome for 15% off of your first purchase. That's 15% off at P-A-I-R Eyewear. Wear dot com slash awesome. All right friends, gather around. Time for us to talk about something very personal and very much for the grown-ups. As we all know, sex is better when everyone is enjoying themselves. That's why Dame products designed Eva. Eva is the first hands-free vibrator for couples. You can boost pleasure and connection for everyone involved, all with a little toy that's not going to get in the way. Sharing pleasure during intimacy not only feels good in your body, But it can also increase your emotional connection, decrease your stress levels so you can take those good feelings with you throughout the day. But in order to get there, even the most sexually motivated couples can benefit from a strategically placed little buzz. Enter Dame Products. Dame Products designed its hands-free toy, Eva, specifically for couples. It nestles close to the body and stays put with just a finger so you and your partner can focus on intimacy. It's designed to enhance, not distract from pleasure. Eva is your sex life's new best friend. So what are you waiting for? Try adding a toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure that you can share plus sex you'll really look forward to. Go to Dame com and use code awesome today for 15% off site-wide. That's code awesome to take 15% off of your first order at dameproducts.com. Okay, we are back and we have in front of us a list of questions sent in by the awesomes that we are really, really excited about because they were really diverse. They cover a whole bunch of areas of life and some things, I don't know, who knows what will reveal I can promise you that not a single one of these questions has to do with spiders or rats. So Rebecca's <laughs> mental health is it a safe place, at least for this conversation. <laughs> at least it was. <laughs> oh, my word. You're definitely not thinking about how many spiders are in your room right now that you don't even know about, Stop right? it. Oh, my word. Ugh. All right, Rebecca, get us started here.
1: Okay, so Katie wants to know, Meg, what is the weirdest thing that you're still sort of crunchy about? For newer listeners of Sorta Awesome, you may not know that Meg originally had a blog called Sorta Crunchy where she discussed her natural green living lifestyle.
0: So tell us, what are you still sort of crunchy about? This was such a good question. And I genuinely had to stop and think because, number one, As I look around my life right now, Rebecca, am I even a little bit crunchy? Oh, no. (laughs) You you lost all your crunch. (laughs) Is there any crunch left? (laughs) I don't know. I genuinely was racking my brain. I literally was looking around my house. What natural family living things do we still do? Now, of course, I feel like once you move out of the baby phase of parenting that I feel like a lot of natural family parenting stuff is babies, little ones. Mm -hmm. There's that. So I was like, do I even still have any crunch left, any crunch in my my home? Or is any of it even weird? I will say, as I really have thought about it, Katie, I really did think about this. I think that the most natural thing that I still hold on to is to this day, I am such a evangelist for natural remedies and vitamins and supplements or homemade remedies for things. Now, let's all be clear on things. We go to the doctor, we do conventional medicine. We're not all the way crunchy in that. Of course, we're sort of. But whenever something's wrong or we need a solution for something, still to this day, that's where my mind goes first. If my kids are like, oh, my muscles are hurting, my legs hurt. I'm like, are you getting enough magnesium? (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, somebody tells me they just haven't had very much energy lately. I'm like, how much vitamin B complex are you taking?
1: (laughs) If I ask my children either of those questions,
0: they'd be like, I'm sorry, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I love my vitamins, my supplements, even essential oils. Like if there's ants in the kitchen, which last spring we had a huge ant problem. I'm like, okay, what essential oils do we need for ants? That's where my mind goes. Again, we definitely go to the regular doctor, regular dentist, all of those things. But still in my mind, I'm always thinking, What's the natural approach for fixing this thing, whatever it is? Now, I will say this, to be fair, a lot of the things that were quite crunchy when I started Sort of Crunchy as a blog back in 2006 are now a lot more mainstream. It's true. For example, baby wearing. When Daisy was born in 2005 and I discovered this whole world of natural family living, it was not Crazy uncommon to see other people out and about with their babies in a sling or something but she was born in a town outside of Austin which is extremely crunchy part of Texas but now you go anywhere the grocery store Walmart library everybody's got their kids in a backpack or a sling or something which I think is wonderful I love baby wearing and would not have survived parenting babies and toddlers without it but it's just so many of the things that were like ooh that's so very how very alternative of you. Now it's like, I mean, even if you think about alternative period products, which is well, a big thing.
1: That's really what I thought you were going to say. I thought
0: you were going to talk yeah. about your disc. I feel oh like
1: gosh. your disc
0: <laughs> could maybe no, grow. I haven't, I psyched myself out about the disc again. If you missed <laughs> Rebecca and I's conversation, was this, was that this year or last year? I don't know. We were having a confessions episode where I confessed that I was using the Flux disk and I got it all the way stuck (laughs) inside me. I think the best part of that confession is that you called their customer support line. I called (laughs) the customer service support line, the one that comes on. you know, like anytime you open a product and it's like, if you need help, call this. And you always (laughs) are like, who does that? raising my hand. You
1: wouldn't even I did call it. your library, but you called customer support when you had a menstrual disc stuck in your hoo I was
0: in crisis mode, Rebecca. <laughs> Kyle was no help. I, what was I supposed to do? I Googled, believe me, before I called, I Googled and watched YouTube videos. Like I did everything I could. And I was left with no choice to call the help light, and they were helpful and we did get it figured out eventually okay so are you using this or you're not using this <laughs> no I haven't used it again because I used it one time after that but then they're still sitting in my cabinet with all of my other supplies and every mm-hmm. cycle I'm like okay yeah I'm gonna do it this time I'm really gonna do it but then I get all nervous yeah, about it again trauma. I get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay but so yeah but okay you can buy flex discs on the shelf at CVS or Target. That's what I mean. It used to be like you had to go to a natural health food store or right. whatever to find right. alternative period products. And now they're just everywhere. So in that sense, maybe I am still a little bit more crunchy than I think. I mean, I give myself credit for, but it's just maybe we're all a little more crunchy these days. Very, but what about you? Very Rebecca? Good point. We met because we were in a blogging circle and group. Our common theme was either natural or green or frugal living. Mm -hmm. So I know you had some crunch back in your days. Do you have any left or anything that's weird?
1: I think I do still have some crunch left. I was thinking about this and I think that maybe the weirdest thing, I think it's the salt that I buy. So I was cooking with some friends and they were talking about the salt that they buy and that they can never remember. Are we supposed to buy the aidenized salt or the non-aidenized salt? And I was like, well, I don't know. I haven't purchased salt at a regular grocery store in years. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, are you going out and harvesting sea salt, <laughs> Where do you get it? Well, I get it from Amazon of all places usually. But I, I buy Redmond real salt. And oh, yeah. Redmond was a huge Redmond real salt. I mean, they sponsored so many blog posts of people yes. in our natural living community. I believe the deal with them is that Their salt still contains some mineral nutrients that is supposed to be good for us. Instead Mm -hmm. of it being stripped of all of that, it's kind of still left in there. And you can buy it in bulk packages. And I have been buying my salt online for years and years and years.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. When you said that my mind was transported back to a time and place, I do remember reading so many blog posts in our blogging days, extolling the joys of the Redmond Salt. So, mm-hmm. Yes. So interesting. So interesting. Okay. Well, next question. Awesome Shell asked, if you could live in a fictional world, which would it be? Would there be the fictional house that you're living in? Would you have your fictional family? Rebecca, what came to mind for you with this question?
1: So the first thing that came to mind was going back to my... Binging roots, and I think it would be fun to be in the Gossip Girl. Oh world. my god! Yes, <laughs> I put that on my list too. I just think the fashion, the deep friendships—there is always something spicy happening in their love lives that would be fun. You know, maybe yes. I could be Serena's identical twin sister. i just There think you go. That would be so much fun. They're rich, yes. you know. Oh my yes. goodness, it would be
0: quite the change from my actual real life. So I just think it'd be a lot of fun. I absolutely put Gossip Girl as my sort of runner up because as I thought about this question, that just kept coming to mind. I was like, I don't know exactly what this says about me as a human, but (laughs) I would definitely love to live in the Gossip Girl universe for sure. The main answer that came to mind, you guys, is so basic. I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but it's just freaking authentic to who I am. The answer that comes to mind for me would be living in the Harry Potter universe, specifically living in the borough with the Weasleys. You know, you've got Molly and Arthur kind of overseeing all of the chaos. There's so many people there. It's just so much joy and togetherness and familyness in the borough. In fact, Rebecca, you know, one of the very strange things about me. Which again is becoming more mainstream, may I say. I'm obviously a front runner on trends, you guys. (laughs) Whatever I think is cool, but you think it's weird, just give it a couple of years because then everyone's going to be into it. (laughs) But you know, I love my ASMR rooms where it's ambiance that is inspired by some kind of scene or whatever. One of my favorite ASMR rooms is of being in the borough, the Weasley's borough in the Potterverse. So that came to mind for me first. But I will say, alternatively, the fictional universe that Rainbow Rowell created for her Carry On series, I think would be a lot of fun, too. So if you're not familiar with the Carry On series, Simon Snow series from Rainbow Rowell, she created it to kind of subvert some of the tropes that you find in Harry Potter and other fantasy Chosen One stories. But in the Carry On series, there's a modern twist. So characters drive cars and they have cell phones and they watch TV. And so Simon Snow has a best friend named Penny and her family life is also kind of that magical chaos. Apparently, I need to live in a world with magic is what is coming through as I'm sitting here talking about this. I need to live in a fictional universe where there's magic. So...
1: Meg, I just love you so much. I just love when you get on these kicks and you just start spewing out all of this Meggies type of language. I know I did this exact same thing the last time that we recorded together. But whenever you get to the point where I'm like, "Okay, this is the most Meg thing she's ever said, then you add in Rainbow Rowell. And I'm like, nope, there she goes. She just upped herself. And it's even more Meg than it was before. I just,
0: oh my goodness. I just love you so much. It's so funny. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I love my things. I do. I will say, though, I think I was maybe overthinking this question a little bit because I actually did some Googling. I'm like, am I forgetting some kind of amazing fictional universe that I would have wanted to live in? So, Rebecca, I did a stupid BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> OK, there we go. Even more Meg-esque. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> it was like a BuzzFeed quiz that was literally what fictional universe should you live in? So I did the quiz and my result was Wonderland. And I immediately know I hate Alice in Wonderland.
1: Oh, Alice in Wonderland. I was even like, Wonderland? What's that? I thought that
0: was a hip TV show I didn't know about. Uh -uh. It probably is. It probably is the modern retelling of Alice in Wonderland. But yeah, they're like, you need to be in Wonderland with Alice and all the kooky characters. And even the Disney version of it, I don't like. I don't like the original Lewis Carroll story it is not my vibe at all. I was so mad at BuzzFeed. And then I was mad at myself because I thought I could take a BuzzFeed quiz and get an <laughs> actual results. <laughs> so oh that was word. a good question, Shell. I, mm-hmm. I really had fun deep diving my own imagination to think about that. Okay, I have one that specifically, Rebecca, I want you to address because you probably do this better than me. This is from Awesome Kate. And she asked, how do you organize outgrown kids' clothes that you're holding onto for those younger kids to grow into? We can talk about the clothes because that's what Kate talked about. But Rebecca, one thing I have always admired that you do so well, and I've tried to do it, I've made several attempts at it, I never pull it off as well as you do, is your toy rotation system. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for that compliment. Yeah, let's talk about clothes first.
1: OK, so I don't know exactly what the pain point is for Kate as to why she feels like she needs help with this. If it is maybe a space issue or an organizing issue or maybe help me think through the details of it, I don't quite know. But my general answer to this is that I just divide everything by the age that is on the tag. So that I'm not super overthinking things unless I know one item runs extra small or extra big, then maybe I'll throw it into a different spot. Otherwise, I just check the tags on absolutely everything and then I divide it by size. I don't divide things by season. So if I have a box of 4T clothes, all the 4T clothes go in there. I don't worry about the season. And then I Mm -hmm. just store these things either in my attic or in a spare closet. But for some reason, I do have a few things I like to store separately. And there are things that I feel like it's more important to have them for like a specific activity or event or occasion rather than just for that size in general. So I'm talking about well, one is shoes. Okay. Okay. So like mm-hmm. I have all my shoes in one bin. And mm-hmm. then things like snow gear,
0: oh, coats right, and right, jackets, right. Yeah. Even
1: swimsuits. You can squeeze into a swimsuit that's maybe just a little too small or into one that's maybe a little too big, or goodness, snakes. Snow pants, it doesn't even really matter. Like you just put them on. As long as you can get them on, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But you need snow pants when you need snow pants. I'm not going to try to remember, oh, I think I have a pair of snow pants in the 4T bin somewhere in the attic. No, you need all those things at those specific times that you need them. So this would also work. Like I don't do like holiday specific shirts and clothing, but maybe you could, if that was your style and you like to do, you could have birthday shirts or Christmas shirts or Halloween shirts and have them in kind of a box. So then when that activity, that season, whatever comes around, you can go to that box and look and see what you have rather than it being kind of sprawled out everywhere. And you're like, shoot, I know I have something, but I can't quite remember exactly what size it was. So I don't know which bin to look in.
0: Yes, that is so smart. As you were talking about it, I was thinking, Wow, that's really smart. I don't do anything like that. But one thing that I do <laughs> is store our winter coats that way because yes. it is I don't know, people don't have as big a feelings about their style or whatever when it comes to their winter coats, their winter gear. So we definitely do just at the end of winter as it's turning into spring, I just wash everything, clean it up, and just cram it into like one big thing. And then when it right. gets cold, it's like, all right, let's get out the cold weather bin. So that's really smart. And the size isn't quite as necessary. Right, exactly. Maybe the
1: swimsuit example was like a bad example. I'm thinking more like little boys, you know, like that that was what I was thinking was swimwear, but obviously it needs to fit. But with coats and things like that, you can squeeze in or wear something big. And yeah, that's what I do. And then I just try to have everything labeled so that Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at the bins from the outside, I can see what's inside, obviously.
0: I don't know. Do you have any other words of wisdom for this? I feel like our hand-me-down days within our family, when my girls were little, little, obviously, when AJ didn't really have big feelings about hand-me-downs or having a different style from her older sister, Daisy, I wish I would have thought to use your way of doing it because I think I made it harder than it had to be. But now we don't really do hand-me-downs. They're basically the same size and they have very different senses of style, very different aesthetics Mm -hmm. from each other. (laughs) Although I do have to say, AJ, she's an art student. She just has such a great sense of truly of aesthetic and style. So she'll pick things up and they'll be in the closet and then Daisy will be like, AJ, can I borrow this shirt? Can I borrow that sweater? Daisy actually really does, I think, like AJ's style more than she would admit to. Then we have the huge chunk of space and then we have our twin boys and then there's a huge chunk of space and we have our Nico. And so if I was a really good person, I feel like I would pack up all of the boy stuff, but there's six years in between them and I'm just like, I'm going to go ahead and pass these along to families while they're still in style and they're not like <laughs> covered in, you know, dust or whatever. And just by new clothes for Nico as he needs them. Yeah, we have these huge age gaps in our family, which I feel like doesn't work quite as well for the hand-me-down situation. But you have always done a good job of organizing and rotating toys. I know, Isaac, the baby of your family is getting older, so I don't know if this is still an issue, but do you guys kind of still do a toy rotation or everyone just kind of have their stuff now?
1: Well, it's funny that you say that. First of all, I wasn't prepared really to talk about this, but just just yesterday I pulled out a new bin of toys and I feel like my kids are playing less and less with toys these days. And I think part of it is because obviously, I mean, Grace, she's going to be 13 here in a couple months. So part of it is age. And I feel like also Noah and Isaac play a lot together, but they do a lot of sports together. They do a lot of wrestling and like throwing a ball back and forth together. And it's not so much a lot of sit down and push cars around as much as maybe it used to be. Noah's 10. And so I think part of that is his age, too, I suppose. So I actually was thinking that a lot of the toys that are in my toy rotation, I'm going to need to start decluttering and and getting rid of. But I really loved that system for a period of time. And I felt like it was a great way to get my kids playing with things again, because what would happen is that when they had access to everything, then they were bored Mm -hmm. with everything. Oh, yeah. And so to pack some things away and bring out something new, it gave it fresh new life again. And my kids were always so excited when I would bring out a new bin of toys. I mean, even just yesterday when I brought out a new bin, they're playing with things that they haven't seen in months and they absolutely Mm -hmm. love it.
0: Yes. That's so fun. When you said talking about them getting bored uh, this morning for the first time, That I can recall, Nico, who is three, was like, I'm bored. (laughs) This was in the morning before we were getting ready for school. I don't even think he actually really knows what bored is. I think he's heard the older brothers talk about, oh, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. And so he tried out, I'm bored. And I was like, oh, Oh, no, here it goes. I still have so many years of this (laughs) ahead of me. Holy Moses.
1: Well, hey, setting up a toy rotation system can feel daunting and overwhelming. And so I do have some blog posts that I wrote about a million years ago. We will put them in the show notes where I kind of highlight some of the things that I learned from doing it and some of the methods that I use to set up my toy rotation. If anybody's looking to
0: explore that. Love that. Okay, here is an interesting question from Awesome Christy. She said, what's one thing that should matter to you that doesn't? And she put should in quotation marks. How are you letting go of others' expectations so you can live your own best life? As Rebecca and I were talking about questions, I do think we've touched on this in some various ways through the years. We've done conversations around don't do lists, what we're not doing anymore, those kinds of things. I'll go back in the archives and see if I can find some of those conversations, because I would imagine probably if I listen back, I'd be like, yeah, I'm still not doing that. I don't care <laughs> what people tell me I should or should not be doing. This is an area that I'm letting it go. One of those, and I'm almost positive I've talked about this before, maybe in one of those conversations is, you know, I feel like there's expectation in this middle stage of life, that as a married couple, you should go on dates and have date night and keep dating your spouse. You should be doing this. I'm here to tell you guys, we don't do that. (laughs) We just have never been date night people. I know lots of people love it. And I would absolutely encourage you with enthusiasm and gusto, go out there and have those date nights. Kyla and I are both just very... (laughs) Low energy people.
1: Low energy people. Yes. I don't know why, but that is like a light bulb moment for me. I think Nate and I are also low energy people. What? No. Really? I mean, I'm very low energy. Nate is, he's better than I am. I mean, he goes to work every day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'm like completely interrupting. But I think that makes a difference. Sometimes you just want to like not do anything. <laughs> yes, that's Us. Okay. That's a okay. Lot. Yeah, okay, keep going. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm an Enneagram nine and Kyle's an Enneagram five. And if you're looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram, those are definitely some low energy types. We have all of these kids, although I will say leaving the house now that our oldest is 17, it's a lot easier than it used to be. But still, again, drains the energy. Yeah. Kyle loves to cook. He's really good at it. So going out to eat is not always the treat that we're looking for. I don't know. We just don't do date nights. And that's not to say that we don't spend time alone together. We've always been more, I guess you could call it home date nights. Some people might call it that. We watch movies together. We binge through TV series together. We have cocktails after dinner, like whatever the thing. We have always spent time together. And we're just not big like, oh, we're going to go out on the town date night kind of people. And I don't know, it's working for us, even though all the shoulds would say you should keep going on dates and all of that. That's one that comes to mind for me. What about you, Rebecca? Well, I think a
1: message that I hear a lot from people, especially people who have teenagers. So I'm not quite there yet, but I hear this messaging that I want to have the house that all the friends are over at. I want to be hosting. I want to be a friendly house. And again, I think when you have teenagers, there's a different pressure for that. Yeah. That I haven't quite reached yet. But still with my kids, I don't do a lot of quote unquote play dates with my kids. Okay. They don't have a lot of friends over. Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks, well, they should. I want to encourage foster relationships with friends. I want to be a fun house for people to go to. If if they're coming here, then I can see what they're doing, you know, all that kind of thing. But I really love that right when I was recording, getting ready to record this podcast, I checked in on my kids and they were underneath a fort that they built yesterday together in the playroom, playing a game of Uno together. Now, it is not always magical love hearts and rainbows like that (laughs) moment. I did, in fact, take a picture and I sent it to my husband and said, oh my goodness, we have the best kids. It is not always like this. But I think that There is something about them just having each other at times that really is going to foster those relationships. And I feel like those relationships are very important. They are going to be siblings for the rest of their lives. Isaac is not going to be friends with the kids in his preschool class for the rest of his life, most likely. And so I think that there is some value in Mm -hmm forcing them to only have each other (laughs) for entertainment.
0: I've really noticed that about your kids through the years, that they really do play well together. And it seems like from the distance, I observe your family, that they are really close. And you guys, I think a lot of it too, Rebecca, is that you do create a fun house to be in, but it's maybe just not all the friends are coming over, but your kids are having fun. With the stuff that you provide and the freedom that you get them too.
1: Well, I'll encourage. We're having friends over next week. I've already in talks with some moms and I want kids to come over, but I also really want to value and cherish their time together. Yeah. Anyway, that's one thing that I'm kind of letting go of is that pressure to always oh, organize the play dates
0: constantly. Yes. And if there's one thing that we are always about here, it is letting go of the things that make us feel pressured and like we have to live up to a certain standard or those types of things. So all the freedom and permission to do that. Okay, we have even more questions from the awesomes that we're going to get to in just a few minutes when we come right back. Hey, friends, if you keep on saying that you need to make a budget, but then you never end up doing it, Or if somehow you just like keep missing your credit card payments, if you're honestly afraid to look at your bank statements, then it's time to take back control of your financial life. Meet Rocket Money, formerly Truebill, my very favorite financial app. So why did Truebill change its name to Rocket Money? Well, we'll tell you what we heard. Truebill, now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average $700 a year. And with all of that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything I've been loving about Truebill, but with a fresh look, and feel. So you know what I'm going to tell you to do? Start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash awesome. That's rocketmoney.com slash awesome, or download the app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Hey friends, you know how much we love to get out there and grill. And we have been eating so well this summer when Kyle serves us meat fresh off the grill. And this summer you can add some power players to your grilling lineup with ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the subscription service that delivers high quality meat and seafood right to your doorstep. You get to choose from a carefully curated selection of 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, wild caught seafood, and more. Last night, Kyle cast iron, stove top cooked, the filet mignon that we got from ButcherBox. All he had to do was a little salt, pepper, and garlic on those. The taste, the flavor explosion, all of it, that was all ButcherBox and their amazing quality beef. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home. And there's free shipping in the continental United States. And I love that at ButcherBox, you can customize your own box or just go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. And it all works out to less than $6 per meal on average. So get summer sizzling started with this special ButcherBox deal for you awesomes free bacon for the life of your membership, plus $100 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash awesome and use code bonus 100 to get one pack of free bacon in every box for the life of your membership, plus $100 off of your first order. That's butcherbox.com slash awesome and use code bonus 100 to claim this deal. Okay, Rebecca, we're back. Awesome Beth asked a question that I think made us both feel a little bit squirmy. <laughs> I don't she, like it. <laughs> she asked,
1: "Oh my word, Meg! I'm sorry, you just you just scared me so bad. I this might need to be cut from the audio. It might not. Be, it might not. What's happening? It might not translate well to audio." But you're holding holding, holding a wooden spoon. Why is there a wooden spoon in my bedroom? You're holding a wooden spoon in your hand. And just off camera, your hand was out, so I couldn't quite see it. And then you, like, tapped your shoulder with it. And I was like, who is tapping on Meg? There's somebody in her room. Who is that? And it was Meg playing with a wooden spoon, hitting her own self in the arm with a wooden spoon. I literally jumped a little
0: bit. like, who's there? <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Number one, why is there a wooden spoon in my bedroom? I don't know. It's like but a it was wooden wooden cooking spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it was on my bed. Not for any sexy reasons, you guys. I don't know. I'm guessing the reason for this is Nico. But I picked it up and made it into sort of like a primitive fidget spinner. I've just been like... <laughs> messing with it while we're talking. I did not mean to alarm you though. You're
1: often like playing with things. Like usually it's a hair tie that you're moving around in your fingers, but it was just off camera enough. And then it swung into camera and I was like, what's that?
0: (laughs) I literally cannot breathe. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) And I had to remind myself, you're not actually in the room with her. You don't need to be startled by what's
0: there. <laughs> that's, that's Meg's. Or maybe you should be like, thank you for looking out for me. <laughs> Somebody is like, oh my gosh, there's an intruder. <laughs> that's hilarious. And it's going to take me just a second to collect myself.
1: Okay, back to this question we don't want to answer. Yes,
0: yes. We were just putting off answering it, honestly. Awesome Beth asked, where do you see yourself in five years. What would you want life to look like? Rebecca, you and I both agree. These kind of questions kind of make us break out in hives a little bit, right? I don't like
1: goal setting. I don't like disappointing myself. So I don't like mm. I don't like to set big goals. I don't know why. It's just not my natural tendency. I think lots of people have five year, 10 year, 15 year plans. I don't. I'm just, let's just go with the flow and just see what happens.
0: (laughs) I am the same way. Maybe this is our P of our Myers-Briggs personalities coming out. I will say, Rebecca, you even in our sort of awesome Slack, you were like, let's kind of schedule some recordings. Here's when I can record my October show. And I was like, "Mm, how am I supposed to know what I'm doing in October? I literally had some heart
1: palpitations just thinking I about October. I know. I'm so sorry. It's just my September
0: is really crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's good. And I had even said, "Yeah, let's let kind of get on top of this. Let's get some dates on the calendar." But when you came at me with October, I was like, "Oh my God! I don't even know. I barely know what I'm going to be doing next week." And so when somebody's like, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" I just shut down. <laughs> my brain is just absolutely not. We will not entertain this question. <laughs>
1: Well, my thought went to the age of my kids. What will my kids be doing? So, okay, in sure, 5 yeah. years, Grace will be a senior in high school. My very first time experiencing that. So, I surely will be full of anxiety and panic. Noah will be a sophomore in high school, and Isaac will be entering the 5th grade and will be 10 years old, just leaving elementary school. So, mm-hmm. most likely, in 5 years, I will be freaking out, and that is <laughs> what is on my docket. <laughs> what about you, Meg?
0: Well, in 5 years, believe it or not, my girls will be mostly out of the house in five years. Daisy will be 22 years old. Wow. Yeah. And AJ will be 20 almost. She's almost 15. And so who knows what life will bring for my older two. But I mean, there's a very real possibility that it's just me in a house full of men. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm sure in five years, I will just be constantly at Costco, just buying all the food and the snacks. Already, the twins are nine and already that boy appetite has kicked in. They are hungry. We finished dinner and like 30 minutes later, they're in their kitchen like, I'm still hungry. So we've started the tradition of after dinner, bowl of cereal. <laughs> like the kitchen's clean, but you can have some cereal.
1: Guaranteed, Beth was not anticipating Costco runs to be <gasps> anywhere in the answer to this
0: question. <laughs> no, but that's all I can give you. I don't know what I'll be doing with my time. I don't know what my work will look like. I do know I will probably never stop talking about the things that I'm into and wanting to share them with friends and strangers on the internet. But Who knows what the world will look like in five years? Are you kidding? This is too much pressure for me. (laughs) (laughs) I sign that. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay, but this next one is a little bit, maybe not adjacent, but it is kind of Like, what's your dream thing? So Awesome Teresa was asking about what are your dream objects? At first, I thought she was saying, what are your hopes and dreams? And then she even clarified, not like, what are your nighttime dreams about? (laughs) (laughs) She said, although that that would be cool also. Trust me, Teresa, they're not. They're not cool. (laughs) They're bizarre. You don't want to hear that. So she gave some examples. I thought this would be fun, just like lightning round style. Sure. Dream car, dream place to live, dream house. Dream vacation. Okay. Rebecca, what are you thinking on your ultimate dream picks for these things?
1: Okay. Dream car. I literally don't have one. I am the car version of being colorblind, and I never notice when my neighbors get new cars. In fact, I was meeting a friend in a parking lot, and she told me the make and model of her car, and I legit did not know what to look for. And I was like, <laughs> I don't understand how this was to be helpful.
0: <laughs> that is one of the funniest things you've ever said. <laughs> I don't know a lot about cars, but I can sort <laughs> through what the vacant
1: <laughs> model. She's like, You don't know what my car looks like? I was like, No, you said it was black. What else am I supposed <laughs> No, I don't recognize your car. No, I did that not know. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, dream car, literally don't have one. Dream vacation. I mean, I would love to see some other different places and cultures in the world, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, it's like relaxation. So I think my dream vacation would be an all-inclusive resort where I don't have to worry about money because I've already paid for everything ahead of time. Yes. And I don't have to make a lot of decisions. I don't have to research which restaurant should we try out. Well, it's like five blocks this way, but then there's one that's 10 miles this way. I don't need to worry about that because it's all just right there.
0: So that would be my dream vacation. That is the most Enneagram six answer I've ever heard (laughs) in (laughs) my (laughs) life. But it makes sense. That story checks out. I can see how that would be so relaxing for you, for real.
1: Okay. Okay. Dream house would be a farmhouse in the country, but without the farm because Nate and I do not like doing any kind of landscaping or outside work. I would like a little more space. I live in town and my neighbors are very close. I could use a little bit more of a buff. I like people being around though. So when it comes to like my dream place to live, I kind of think I like the idea of some sort of secluded community, but not really like a commune because I don't want to have to grow my own food, but maybe. A retirement community with lots of trees and walking paths, somewhere where I can have something pretty outside my house to look at, but I can walk to the community center when I need a little extroverted energy to get out.
0: Okay. I like that blend for sure. For sure. Those are good. Those totally make sense for you. Dream car. I'm not really a big car or vehicle person either. I'm just not, but I do know. If you're talking like your dream dream, the 2022 Jeep Grand Wagoneer is this massive tank of a luxury, big mama vehicle. I have a Suburban right now, which I have been regretting daily in the gas price age that we are in now. But with all of these kids and all of their gear and all of the stuff and driving them around town, I've really enjoyed having a Suburban except for the gas prices. But this Jeep Grand Wagoneer is like sex on wheels in a vehicle. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Except instead of being sexy, sexy, you're just hauling your kids and all their stuff around. It looks so dreamy. And the most luxury of luxury of that is (laughs) $100,000. Nice. So it will remain a dream. Yeah, I'm not really a big vehicle person. But if you said dream vehicle right now, it would probably be that. Dream vacation. My sister has me completely sold on Greece. I didn't even know how much Mm. I wanted to go to Greece until my sister Emily spent two weeks there on her honeymoon. The pictures, the stories, everything send me to Greece and I will be so happy. That is now my new goals. Dream vacation. Dream house. Rebecca, you and I both live in old houses. I am completely over living in an old house, but I'm not over the aesthetic of it. So my dream house would be a new, modern house. It's got all the modern things that you want in a house in terms of insulation and closets. <laughs> central air. Yes. Well we do have central air, thankfully, but truly, oh, there's so much about living in an actual old house. And I know y'all's is older than ours even. That I'm just over. But I want a house that is new, but it's built to look old. Yes. Built with the older charm to it, but it is all the modern things that you want.
1: I'll take that. I'll sign up for
0: that. For sure. Dream place to live. I'm not picky. I would love to live on the water somewhere, though. I am so tired of being landlocked. I would love to live on a coast. Put me on the coast somewhere. And that would be so dreamy. So that was fun, Teresa. Thank you for asking our dream things. Maybe we could even come up with some more categories for that in the future. All right. Our friend, awesome, Jesse Lee asked, what was your least favorite subject in high school and why? I don't even know if I know what to pick for this for you, Rebecca. What was your least favorite?
1: Math. Okay. It's too left math brain. It's board. just too left brain. I just didn't get it. I struggled all the time. I would not have passed my math classes without
0: the help from my friends. My brain just doesn't work that way. Okay. Mine's similar. Mine was physics. I made two Bs in high school. One was in driver's ed <laughs> and the other was in physics. The math that's involved in physics, my brain couldn't get it, could not compute it at all. I only made it through that class by cheating off of friends. So there's. It's that. <laughs> hilarious and relatable. <laughs> okay. This one is imagination question, I guess. I loved this one from Awesome Katie. She said, How did you imagine yourselves in an alternate life? And she gave the example that she dreamed that she would go to Columbia, New York City. She'd maybe marry a diplomat. They would travel the world and they'd have. Their children, they'd move back to D.C. and live on the hill and she would teach preschool like she had a whole vision in a different timeline. What if my life had turned out like this? Do you have that alternate reality that you sometimes think about?
1: Well, I do have some plans and some dreams that never materialized. And so my plan after college was to move to Chicago to live in a big city. And I picked Chicago because it wasn't too terribly far away from my hometown in Ohio. And there's a good theater scene there. So my Mm -hmm. plan was to move there, be a young, independent woman exploring the theater scene in Chicago. And instead, I came to live in Amish country. So that did not happen. Yes. Then Nate and I also had dreams of doing long-term missions overseas with an organization called Mennonite Central Committee. And they focus on being the hands and feet of Jesus by providing aid and support for communities' physical needs. And honestly... I would say that our siblings having children is what really started to change my mind about doing long term missions. The idea of being away from my niece and nephew for five years felt really a very long time. Mm -hmm. I think I could have done five years to adults is a long time, but I think it's doable. But when you're talking about children, they literally would not have known who I was. And something about that just kind of broke my heart. And then once we started having kids, well, It's like, okay, well, you know, you get used to your comforts here that you have. And also it's like, well, our parents would literally murder us if we tried to take their grandchildren away. So
0: it complicates things. Yeah, I absolutely relate to all of that. I think in my mind, my alternate timeline imagination, I have always and this is a long time that I've thought about this, thought I would move to New York City and be an editor for like a major publisher. Oh, not necessarily yes. doing the writing, but doing the editing, yes. reading all of the new books as they come across my desk. And I would have this apartment. And honestly, in my alternate timeline, I'm not married. I have no kids. It is all about my New York City life. I think part of it is like our culture really gaslights us into believing like going to New York is the dream that we all have, right?
1: hmm Yeah. Except I picked Chicago
0: because New York was a little too scary. Okay. A little too far away. A little more scary. approachable yeah. to mm-hmm. move to Chicago. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That That's my alternate timeline thing. I just have my job and I love it and I'm very good at it. And I have friends and they're so interesting. And we go to Broadway shows and we do, you know, like go to the museums, like the whole thing that mm-hmm. every TV show or movie that's set in New York Makes you believe this is how people in New York live. That's my alternate timeline.
1: And you'd always have the perfect bold lip. I think you would really fit well into that alternate universe.
0: (laughs) I'd wear all black, which I actually do wear black almost all the time. But yes, it would be very chic and very sophisticated.
1: Meg, Linda had a question specifically for you. She says, I've been worried about you after your mom passed away. How are you really doing?
0: This was such a good question. And people have definitely privately asked how I'm doing. Obviously, I have my online life where I'm doing my job and continuing the production of Sort of Awesome, which has actually been such a great lifeline in this season of grief to have such a fun, amazing job that I get to do. So it's been so thoughtful for people to pull me aside. A longtime friend of mine actually was in town a couple of weeks ago and asked me to go out for coffee. And she like sat me down. She was like, okay, how are you really doing though? I would say that it's been a struggle, obviously, to navigate the ever-presentness of grief while continuing to live life and take care of people and all of those things. I think I'm kind of, I would say I'm still in shock in the sense that sometimes it's even still inwardly surprising that my mom is gone. I've definitely, I'm in that phase where just it'll hit me. Out of the blue, you never know what's going to come along and kind of trigger just a wave of grief. Definitely the big holidays and anniversaries that we've had so far have been very hard. Even if I thought I was doing well, I ended up absolutely just crying all day long on my birthday, which was back in June. I just could not emotionally get it under control. I think my body was just like, all right, you've been holding it in. Now is a release day. It's happening. But honestly, in a way, Doing the work of Sort of Awesome really does help me stay, feels connected to my mom's spirit and who she was. My mom was a NICU nurse and she was a nurse at a children's hospital in Houston for kids that were going through like extreme rehabilitation after being in an accident. She was incredibly strong and encouraging and compassionate. And I feel like our community really is built around some of that ethos as well building each other up, of being encouraging, of showing compassion to ourselves and others. My mom, even in her later years, and as her multiple sclerosis was getting worse and worse, even still, Rebecca, she was the kind of person that would always try to find something to be happy about. Even when she was almost entirely housebound and couldn't leave to go get her nails done or her hair done, she still would have magazines that she loved to flip through and find new things and She loved to watch Animal Planet and Discovery Channel. And she was still learning. She was always just still so curious and fascinated about life. And so I definitely can see that legacy living on through me and and my approach to life and to our work specifically. It's sort of awesome. So in a lot of ways, it has been hard to continue on with life, of course. And any person who's had any kind of loss knows that's very specific challenge of navigating. I still have to go to the grocery store, but all I want to do is lay in bed and cry for a day. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the ways that I see her little reminders and touches and winks from her in day-to-day life, too. That was a good question. And it's really beautiful the way that you're able to see
1: her in the powerful work that you're doing. And, you know, it's a good reminder to all of us that in the world of the internet, podcasting included, you're always only seeing part of the story, oh, right? Yes, and the yes, same applies yes, yes. to if you have an office job and you're seeing your yeah. coworkers, you're only seeing a part of their story. And we're thankful to have you continuing to show up for us, Meg, yes. and let your light shine. And your mom definitely left a beautiful legacy behind with you. So I'm glad that you're continuing
0: that. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot to me. OK, we have one last question to kind of wrap things up. This is from Awesome Paige. I thought this was such a fun question. She said, which podcasts have you fangirled over and felt like the hosts were your IRL friends, like how all of the awesomes feel about me and you, Rebecca, and also Kelly Gordon? I'm curious to hear, do you have podcasts that you feel like we would totally jive if we met in real life or you just. I don't know. You just have fangirl feelings over.
1: Well, I think I would really get along well with Sarah McLean and Jen Prokop. They are the hosts of the Faded Mates podcast where they talk Mm -hmm. about romance novels. I would love to just sit and have coffee with them and ask them questions about books that I have loved to get their opinions on things. And I think that we are maybe more in similar stages in life. I also really, really love and adore Emma Gray and Claire Fallon from the Love to See It podcast, except they are way too cool for me. So we would not actually be friends.
0: (laughs) I get that. I relate to that feeling. Yes.
1: Their podcast is a recap podcast of the Bachelor franchise. And I have really appreciated their voice in my ear throughout the past several years of consuming Bachelor Nation content. And looking at it through the lens of racism and messages about body image and feminism and just what is this show saying and reflecting back about our society and how Mm -hmm. can we challenge it? And I just think they just are smart women. I don't always agree with everything that they say, but I really have learned a lot from them and really appreciate them pulling some deep insights out of a very, very shallow show. And it is part of the reason why I'm still watching that crazy show is because of the balance of having that deeper conversation that goes along with every episode. So also, it would be really trippy, I think, for me to sit down with Emma and Claire, because in my mind for, I don't know, a really long time, I thought that their voices and their actual bodies were flip-flopped when I would listen i would seen their images, yeah. but I pictured one voice coming out of one body and the other voice coming out of the other body. And I was wrong. And it still messes me up to this day that when I listen to them, I still picture <laughs> the opposite voice coming out of the wrong body. That is body.
0: Too funny. <laughs> so funny.
1: So I think it would be a lot of fun just to actually physically hear and see their voices matched
0: up with the appropriate body. <laughs> that is too funny. Yeah, I really thought about this because you guys know, even before we started sort of awesome, I was a huge podcast listener and fan and fangirl of podcasts. So I feel like my list has changed over time. There was a time when I super, super loved Babysitter's Club. I'm in their listener Facebook group. And years ago, I had left a comment on a post and Jack Shepard, one of the co-hosts, I think either liked it or maybe even commented on it. And I like, took a screenshot and I've saved it for years. It just made me so happy. <laughs> Reply All, RIP, one of my favorite podcasts ever, Alex and PJ. I mean, they are people that I would feel like I'm definitely not cool enough to be in the same room as you, but, you know, to meet them would be incredible. Currently, I would say Ellen Marsh and Joey Toronto, who are the hosts of Obsessed with Disappeared, which is a recap podcast for ID's show Disappeared. They are freaking hilarious. They are the light of my life. I look forward to every single new episode from them. They are so funny and they're so warm and gracious, too. I think they would be so fun to hang out with. Kelsey McKinney, the host of Normal Gossip, which is one of my favorite podcasts to come out recently. I think she would be amazing to me and I definitely would have a complete fangirl moment. And finally, Lacey Mosley of the Scam Goddess podcast, another one I always look forward to. I do think she would be way too cool for me. And she's also way too funny for me. Like, I would never be able to hold my own in a conversation with her. But I would have complete fangirl meltdowns over any of those people, for sure. Yeah, we have definitely. It feels crazy to me that anyone would fangirl over us as I'm flipping my windspin around (laughs) and freaking Rebecca out.
1: I feel extremely ordinary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're not fangirl worthy material. We're so dumb, but I do understand (laughs) truly from the listener side, the people that you feel like you spend so much time with that you just would have a real moment over meeting them. Oh, my gosh. Well, Rebecca, as per usual, we think it's going to be a short one. No, it's a deluxe sized episode that we're wrapping up here. If people want to find you to talk about these things or anything else, where's the best place to find you all around the web?
1: My website is simplyrebecca.com and my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram and you can find me there at simplyrebecca.
0: Okay, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show by searching Sorta Awesome, whatever platform you're on. We would love to have you join us in one of our communities. Come and hang out with us. And if you're talking about us online, please go ahead and use that hashtag Sorta Awesome so we can find you and hear what you have to say about us. So Awesome, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time.